0: Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast. with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey
1: everybody, how you doing out there on the CFBDynasty.com podcast? My name is Matt Knowles. As always with me, you got Brian McKelfish and Doug Gravely. I'm going to point just like this so way I can't point wrong. So how you guys doing Uh-oh. out there today? How you guys doing since the last time we recorded? What's been going what on here? What's been going on in your life since the running back show? Uh, any new things you want to talk about? Things that have happened uh, since we uh, <laughs> since we last recorded? How you guys doing out there, Brian and Doug?
0: You know, living the yeah, dream, man. bro. Living the dream. Doing good. So we we got the first expert Q and A, and naturally, it's it's Florida just because of a uh, uh, connection with a guy, David Waters, who's done it before. He's got a great Gators podcast. He's actually the 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 reason I got into the the late kick by Josh Pate show. Is because Josh Pate did an interview on my uh, Gators podcast that I listened to. So um, it's a great show all about the Gators <clears throat> intertwined with um, collectives and or the collective and uh, other things. Anyways, <clears throat> he goes on and talks about here. I'll, I'll throw it up on the screen for the YouTube audience here. Uh, what? seconds okay boom and uh you can see like whatever some of the stats little intro you get the fantasy playoff schedule um fantasy production from last year and um then it gets into like okay what's his favorite place to eat in Gainesville and then we go into the the fantasy questions so it's all about um things that that affect fantasy like how's the offense going to look different from you know transitioning from anthony richardson to graham mertz what do we expect from the o-line um how does that compare to the 2022 group who was really good for the running backs um one of the better o-lines in the sec um how do we see the the running back workload being distributed Uh, what do you think the distribution will be to the wide receivers and tight ends with some interesting answers between that question and some of the young players that he sees as, as future breakout players. Um, So a great post and uh, one that I look forward to doing for all the teams that we can get to answer. And uh, those are super fun. And also like, this is how you find out about some of those diamonds in the rough um can't wait to kind of uh continue this on <clears throat> for many more teams we've got wyoming ready to launch ole miss ready to launch and plenty more to come uh from this one of our our typically one of our our best performing and and our audience's favorite types of posts here because of that inside info <clears throat>
1: Well, that's good stuff. I'm really glad to hear that there's some, uh, I mean, for Wyoming to be one of the, the the first in the first batch, that just goes to show that this is not a uh, Southeast um, SEC, ACC bench show that we really want to truly cover across the country, nationwide, get everybody involved because um, you aren't going to win college fantasy football if all you're doing is focusing on the Southeast. you got to have a nationwide right. reach, understanding of all the players that are out there. So that's great. I'm glad to see Wyoming's going to be one of the first in that bunch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So speaking about this, speaking about out West, I saw a news article just yesterday that was very interesting. It said that the Pac-12 could have an unprecedented statistic this year. It could have all 12 quarterbacks starting in the Pac-12 could be someone that came out of the transfer portal. And um, obviously the transfer portal is being used more and more as the, uh, the years go on, um, but it's been uh, completely... Just this, the door has been blown right off it in the last year or so because of the uh, ability for people to, to move without any uh, issue, the transfer portal is so easy for a player to get into and get out of. Uh, What do you guys think about the fact um, in college football, having a conference like that with 12 starting quarterbacks that came out of the transfer portal? And what do you think about that? The effect of that on the college fantasy game
0: oof that's that's a loaded question and um i do worry about how it affects the overall college football game um not just college fantasy but yeah um it's it's interesting cuz you know in college fantasy you you typically follow the coordinator hires anyway but now you follow you know the coordinator plus obviously what portal players are coming in and how they're going to gel, like you never know how an O line's going to potentially gel, and you never know how a quarterback's going to do in a new system, but in a lot of cases, like Caleb Williams, you just know it's going to be great so um, it's an interesting interesting anecdote there though, that all of the starters potentially will be transfers complexity really
1: I think the biggest thing for me especially in our league. So the CFB dynasty home league is a, is a limited pickup league. Um, you have very limited ability to get rid of players in the off season. Uh, we put in some rules. So if you have uh, transfers, you can get some extra drops in the off season for people that have, that have moved in the transfer portal. Uh, you have limited pickups in the season, but your team, like I, I've talked about previously, every single quarterback on my team right now has been in the transfer portal um, at some point or another every single quarterback. So I may have picked a guy up because I liked his fit at a specific school. Now he's moved to another school. I may want nothing to do with that guy from a college perspective at the school that he's now at. So yep. in my situation, um, I basically have to reevaluate my entire team. i liked this guy in this program, but do I like him now as potentially a backup at the new school? So <laughs> yeah, it really makes us think about, uh, you know, how do we want to handle a limited pickup situation it really makes us really think about um, how much the transfer portal has changed the game completely because more so than any other position, you know, quarterback is going to make or break your game in the college league um, because it's not about, do can you find a guy that's going to get, you know, 500 yards and six touchdowns in a week? There's always going to be somebody in college fantasy that's going to make that happen. But because your guys move from Western Kentucky to, Uh, you know, the Pac-12 or to the SEC, he might not have one of those games anymore. He might. So, Doug, what do you think about that? What do you think about uh, about, uh, the Pac-12 having the entire conference potentially led by transfer portal quarterbacks?
2: Yeah, you've you've also got the opposite that can occur, like we've seen with Bo Nix and Michael Penix, who came from systems that just sucked, for lack of a better term. And then you got Michael Penix, who led the nation in passing yards last year and Bo Nix, who looks like a potential first round over first round pick in the NFL, you know, upcoming (laughs) NFL draft. So, you know, you've, you've got the total opposite that can happen. So it can make it really fun. (laughs) Or like you said, Matt, as a fantasy owner, it can make it, you know, kind of nerve wracking when you've got a guy going from a air raid offense, say like Cam Ward in Washington state to where he, uh, wherever, I don't even remember where he went, but, um or he came from um a small school and went to Washington state who's still a, a passing team, but it's just a different level of competition so um incarnate word. to your point
0: yeah, to your point, doug, on the Bo Nicks, uh <laughs> situation there like you got him in a trade in the off season right no super I got cheap. him
2: as a free agent pickup he was dropped free agent
0: pickup because he was cut, yes mm-hmm. so that's that's where um You know, you if if you want to take a shot at one of these guys who are getting a fresh start and they're uber talented like him, where he just looked like he had lost it, it's it's risky. But dang, like uh, I traded Michael Penix Penix, by the way. You traded Penix. Penix. Yeah. Yeah, So
1: and to correct myself, to correct myself before you guys bust on me, um, I don't have every quarterback in the portal. I have. All but one that was in the portal, and then I have the 18th year senior Frank Harris, uh, who's also on my squad. So I've got guys that just should have should never be on my team in the first place at the schools they are. Um, like I said, Frank Harris about to collect his uh, social security check. Still right. back in UTSA.
2: He's gonna retire in um, college.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, if he can get his face in the the video game, he might be able to get himself an NIL deal for the rest of his life. You never you
2: ain't know. You kidding. You ain't kidding. <laughs>
1: anyways, anyways. Today's show, we're going to be talking about Debbie for wide receivers, the Debbie rankings for wide receivers. Uh, once again, Brian, just briefly for those that may just be picking this podcast up um, uh, for the first time, they've never heard the phrase Devi. Explain to them really quickly the difference between um, a, a college rankings list, a college to pro rankings list and Debbie so that they're not looking at this ranking and going to their college draft using the Debbie list and, and being super mad at us. Because they're like, these guys didn't produce me anything this year. What's the difference between those three real quick?
0: Yeah, Debbie really quick um, is uh, on the NFL side, it's the most common use is you draft these players. Like around now after the NFL draft happens, you have a a Debbie draft and you're picking up players that have pro potential. And then you just stash them as assets that you can trade um, on your NFL side of things. And then you have the college side where – you can have them on your college fantasy roster in a college to pro like dynasty style format where you have, you know, that's where you've got to kind of balance out college production along with NFL potential, uh, depending on positions you have at need. So it's more of a, a roster management. You feel more like a general manager kind of thing. Cause you're, you're working with two teams. you got to make sure you've got a balance of, Pro potential coming up at quarterback, running back, wide receivers. Otherwise you're making trades and stuff to make it happen, but uh super fun. And then you get to kind of follow them throughout their college career. In a lot of cases you're potentially drafting them like fresh out of high school.
1: All right. So with that being said, we are going to jump right into the top 25 list wide receivers for college fantasy football, Debbie, actually top for college fantasy for Debbie. So <laughs> Um, One thing that we saw in the running backs list, there was only one team outside the upper tier of the power five that made the list. As we go through this list on wide receiver, let's see, is it going to be all upper power five again, or are there going to be some guys out there that might be on the list that, uh, that, uh, that may not be upper power five. I can tell you because a lot of times I've got those guys that are not upper power five. It is very difficult for them to break into the pros. I've got guys that were, Absolutely balling in college football and putting up tons of stats, not even getting drafted into the pros. There's guys that were your big-time receivers in college football, like Jalen Cropper-Marino for Fresno State, um, put up tons of stats, doesn't even get drafted into the NFL. So who knows? It's going to be great to see this list. And you've got your
0: boy... Devonte Adams, uh, right. you had Carter Adams in college, and now you get mm-hmm. him in the pros. Yep. That is part of the fun of Devi is is, uh, is just kind of how that played out for you. So stoked about that. That'll be a fun one. Um, for well, sure. we got him. We
1: got him for a year. Now, now we'll see making Devonte Adams uh, follow Derek Carr over to uh, over to the Saints. <laughs> right, right. It'd be nice. It'd be nice right. to see if he can make that happen. But you know what? That was nice seeing that one year. Didn't get the production I really wanted, but it was nice to be able to see that happen for once. Yeah, that's fun. All right, so if you are uh if you're following, you want to be able to take a look at this list. If you go to cfbdynasty.com, go to rankings, there's a Debbie tab. You've got quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Uh we can take a quick look there. So BMac, I'm going to ask you something really quick. Since last time out we did wide receivers and tight ends together. Are you going to want to do a quick bonus at the end of this and cover tight ends as well?
0: Indeed. Yep. All yeah, right. We got so Boom. much content to get to. Right now we've got one show a week, we could definitely do two a week and fill it. But uh, until we get the uh, Patreon going and all that stuff, then uh, one a week is going to have to suffice. So, yeah, let's cram it in. Tight ends. That's right. At, uh, bonus. So, Doug, no end.
1: matter what you say, Doug, we're doing tight ends today. You're going to like it, sir. You know
0: what? Oh, I, we're kind of doing it. tight ends in the beginning here because our, our number 11 wide receiver has switched to tight end. So Well,
1: and we'll you know what, though? That. Before we even get to the list, True. that's one of those things that's really interesting is that how many guys that are college wide receivers transition over um, to tight ends in the pros or those guys that are wide receiver tight ends in college, you know, where are they going to be? I mean, you look at a Mark Andrews and you're like, Mark Andrews is, is a tight end, but Mark Andrews has never really ever been a tight end. He was always a, he was always a tight end by position that lined up as a wide receiver in college. He gets wide receiver looks in the pros. Um, So it's interesting how, how, uh, how muddied, that that spot is from college to pro. That being said, let's jump in to the list here. So the guys that get the honorable mention that are just barely outside the top 25, Devi for wide receiver, Bruce McCoy from Tennessee, Makai um, Lemon from USC, Jermaine Burton from Alabama, Hakeem Nix from FSU, Isaiah Nayer from Texas, the five that are just outside the top 25, real quick, give me a name. Who do you think in that group of five has the best possibility to jump into so, the top 25.
2: So it's interesting for me um, because you'll see when we get into the top 25, um, the bottom part of our top 25, um, <laughs> I think any of those guys have the, to, the potential to be jumped. Because a lot of them, to me, are in a – they show a lot of potential and we'll get into it. But they're kind of in a prove-it scenario, you know, with transfers and things like that. Um, so the one – that I'm going to pick is our guy at 30. I think brew McCoy in Tennessee, uh, somebody has got to get the target share that Hyatt is leaving behind. And yeah. I think brew McCoy is going to be the guy. And I think yeah. he could potentially jump into the top 20. Yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee I, like I think there. it'll be, I think it'll be squirrel
0: until you, you know, I love squirrel zone. until you, know, you get I to the red squirrel. Zone. Yeah, but in the red zone, no, it's going to be when brew
2: catches those passes in Tennessee and everybody's screaming brew. I think we're going to hear that a lot. Yeah, yeah so. I think
1: Tennessee yeah. has got the chance to have some guys really step up this year, losing their top two guys um, from the last two years. That's going to be huge. All right, so let's jump into the uh, top 25 at 25. J. Michael Sturdivant from USC at 24 a school. You're going to see represented a ridiculous number of times in this list.
0: <laughs> Brandon
1: Innes from That's Ohio State not
0: enough. Yeah.
1: At 23, Julian Fleming, also from Ohio State, 22 Mario Williams from USC, 21 Bo Collins from Clemson. Oh, B-Mac number community. 20
0: is a mistake. Well, B-Mac- it wasn't a mistake, but he has switched to corner now. So, he all had-
1: right. Well, hey, that, that's Oops. that's why we're keeping these lists up to date. So, be <laughs> back.
2: So now Isaiah Nayer, guys, is 25 at this point. In case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, Mac, who's the guy out of that group that you want to uh, you want to call out that you that you that you have your eye on twenty five to twenty one?
0: You know, I'm excited to see how this freshman group at Ohio State. You know, they've got an insane crop of wide receivers coming in. Um, you've got Tate who killed it in the spring, and then you add Ennis in the mix. Like both of those guys are going to play a lot. Um, when we do the updated version, Tate is going to be on this list too, which we need to do, um, soon. Um, anyways, Innis is is someone who has good breakout potential Sturdivant. He, he was solid, um, last year at Cal. And I think, uh, you know, he's someone that has potential, but I'm worried a little bit about the you know, wide receiver potential with the potential of a freshman quarterback kind of taken over there and like a run heavy scenario for UCLA. So I really like Innes a lot in terms of future potential. Kind of wanted to see more out of Mario Williams, but will he be able to step into the spotlight now that Addison's gone? Um, I just don't really know. There's a lot of competition there at USC. I I would
2: go with uh, Innes or, or Bo Collins here.
1: What about you, Doug? Who in that 25 uh, to 21 do you want to call him
2: Yeah, you guys know. I've talked about him in the last uh, – a bunch of shows. Start event is a guy to watch for me. But picking out of this list, I'm going to go Bo Collins. Um, I love guys with size. And start event's got size too. But I love guys with size going into the pros. He's 6'3", 210. Um, Andy's going to have more consistency, hopefully at the quarterback position this year with Klubnik. Um, I think – multiple Clemson receivers could be on radars after the season is over. And I think Bo Collins is one of those guys.
1: All right. So let's move to uh 20 to 16 as BMAC just said, number 20, Lorenzo styles from Notre Dame has switched to corner. So in our home league, that would be a free drop because you can't be drafting guys <laughs> that are uh, right. individual defensive players in, in our home league. So he's off the list. Get on out of here. All right. At 19, you got AD Mitchell from Texas. 18, another Clemson guy, Adam Randall at Clemson. Roma Dunze from Washington at 17, and Doug, I'm going to let you pronounce a guy at 16 from Arizona. What's his name? <laughs> oh. Give it to us.
2: I have no idea.
1: You better, t- you better t- try. You better, Ted
2: t- t- McMillan. Yeah. Yep, Tederoa, Tederoa. I don't know.
1: Teteroa McMillan from Arizona. So if you if you are this wide receiver from Arizona, we just mispronounced your name. We're going to apologize on behalf of Doug for screwing it up. Uh, message us, <laughs> let us know. We'll get it right.
2: Okay. All right. So,
1: who, so who in that 19 to 16 group, uh, do you want to call out?
2: So man, I, I Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I've heard, I've heard and read and seen some highlights and, um, AD Mitchell at Texas apparently is having a really good spring. Um, mm-hmm. you see that one handed catch in the spring game yeah. back of the end Ins- zone thing insane. insane, which gives me so much joy with the fact that I have Isaiah Nair and God knows what's going to happen with him, but we'll see. Um, I mean, he could
0: easily be there to me. Like he, he's Nair or Ad Mitchell, like they're Ad Mitchell might have a little bit more NFL potential, but that's why he's a little bit higher, but they're both going to have a ton of opportunities within that offense. Like that offense is going to be insane and super fun to watch.
2: For sure. I, I like Ad Mitchell on this list with, uh, Rome being a close second to me because I think uh his connection with you know uh Pendix who we mentioned earlier is it's going just going to be showcased again. So I, I can see Rome being a, a close second to AD Mitchell for me on yeah, this Yeah, that that
1: was that was the one I was going to call out there too just because of his the quarterback on his side. I think that anybody from Washington you got to keep your eye out there. You're talking about uh, what was it? The best? Wasn't it, was it, did Washington have the best offense in uh, passing offense in college football last year?
2: Yeah, he led the yardage nation wise, in passing yards. Yeah, yardage, yeah.
1: yardage wise. So it's like, yeah, if, you're, if that's something, I mean, obviously, if he's uh, you know going to lead the nation yardage wise, those yards have to go to somebody or have to go to a bunch of people. So getting a Washington receiver is probably going to be good. Uh, but again, this is a Debbie list, so there's there could be guys out there getting tons of uh, tons of yards, but are they going to be able to translate that into the program? All right, so uh, let's look at 15 through 11. You got uh, Dorian Singer at USC at 15. Another Washington receiver, Jalen McMillan from Washington at 14. Troy Franklin, Oregon at 13. Ja'Cory Brooks, Alabama at 12. And Adironday Gadsden, the second, from Syracuse at 11. Who do you guys want to call out in that group?
0: Well, Gadsden has since switched to tight end. And, uh, that's like news within the last three weeks. I think it's, it's official. You can see it on the Syracuse website. Um, he's made the change in fan tracks, I believe as well, or at least he's got tight end eligibility, um, to kind of be played at both. I think right now at fan tracks. So don't get me started.
1: Don't get me started.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's something that can be overwritten. One position, one player, one position. (laughs) it can Mm -hmm. be overwritten uh you can go to an individual player and and set their eligibility but anyways um gaston's a tight end now so when we go through our tight end rankings i think we'll all agree maybe that he's top five at at the tight end position um you know he produced so well as a freshman he's going to be a weapon at tight end and um Anytime you can get someone like that with that kind of talent, production, size, all that stuff, um, he's gonna be is so sought after. Like if he's someone you can trade for and you need a tight end, you don't already have Brock Bowers, go for it. Uh with I guess. think
1: it's gonna be interesting to see if his uh if his usage changes at all. Um, you know, or if it's just a change in the way that he's actually written into their offense. But I mean,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, he was already getting tons of targets. He was already getting tons of receptions. So I wonder if his usage is really going to change much at all in that Syracuse offense. It'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah. It will be interesting. I like Dorian Singer. That's another situation. USC is so loaded at wide receiver. Um, Nobody really knows how it's going to play out. He was so good as a freshman for Arizona transfers over to USC. So, uh, We'll see if he can, you know, come over like Addison and kind of take the lead role, um, you know, over Mario Williams. Um that's that's to be seen. But uh you gotta like the potential there for sure for Singer. How about you, Doug?
2: Um I'm a Troy Franklin fan in this list. Uh yeah. Sick you know, and I, I know I mentioned size a lot, but six three, he's apparently put on about ten pounds of muscle in the off season. Um so he's yeah. up around one 185 and he runs <laughs> apparently ran a four three two forty recently um fast which is super fast and he's big um and he was a guy that uh <laughs> made a connection with last year and now that they've got Hi. another year under the system together i am kind of excited to see what he does but troy franklin um and, and I was going to mention Singer as well and see if – I wonder if Singer can step into that role at USC because they're going to need – they've got a lot of talent there, you know. Um, and we'll get into another one here in a minute. But they're going to need somebody to step into that role and mm-hmm. fill the void that that they lost in the draft this year. So, yep. I, I want to see show. what Singer does.
1: Tell you what, USC, Clemson, Ohio State dominate this list. The number of players that have got pro potential – at those three schools in this list is unbelievable. The one thing I will say, even though there's a few uh, Alabama names on this list, um, as we saw last year with Alabama really having a tough year for the first time in a long time at wide receiver, that Alabama's names on this list, like you said, are just, you know, you got to prove it. You got to show me something. There's not guys on this list that are, you know, they, they're on this list because they've really done great things in college. And you're like, oh, they're going to continue it. It's, Prove it and show me what's going to happen when we get to the next level. But this—it's very interesting to see how few guys from Alabama are actually on here compared to those other schools. You got almost half the list is those three schools that I just mentioned. Very, very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, abundance of wealth at those schools. Yep. That being said, let's uh, let's jump into the top ten. We're going to do uh, ten through six. Zachariah Branch, USC, at ten. Matthew Golden at Houston is number nine. Antonio Williams, Clemson, eight Malik neighbors from LSU at seven and Xavier worthy from Texas at six. Doug, who's the guy you have your eye on the most in that 10 through six group.
2: Um, so before a couple of weeks ago, I probably would have said Malik neighbors, but he's been, he's had some off the field issues. Um, I know he got arrested in February for a guns charge or weapons charge. Um, I don't think it's gonna deter him um, because I don't think they pursue charges. But hopefully, he can get out of his way because he's super talented. But I've got to go with uh, with Matthew Golden in Houston. He's just so fun to watch for me, um, and I think he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna step it up and you know fill in for Dell quite nicely. Um, I know people are worried about you know, if Houston's going to have that guy, but I think Golden's going to be that guy. And I don't think Houston's offense is really going to miss a beat um, at receiver. So I think Golden um, has a lot of potential there.
1: So, Doug, I'm going to I'm gonna ask you a quick question here before we go to BMAC. So you bring up Matthew Golden, and I think that in a college situation, in a college draft, um, you're dead on that somebody's got to come in and take over that tank Dell position. Um, do you think that Golden has got the same type of um, possibilities of getting drafted. Tank Dell was drafted pretty high in the NFL. There's a good chance he's going to actually do something, some damage in the NFL. Do you think Golden is going to be able to come in and just fill his role in college, or do you think he's going to be able to be on that same path as as Tank Dell and perform well in college and also get drafted highly into the pros?
2: I think he can get drafted um, in the pros I don't know about super high. I think he is a draft pick eventually. I don't know how high of a draft pick. I know physically um, he's super strong. Um, they, they say he benches around 400 pounds, things like that. So who knows? I don't know. Uh, physically, he's, it sounds like he's you know, kind of one of those athletic freaks. Does, But I guess we'll have to see because you also have to wonder at some point what Houston's going to do at quarterback. So I think it really depends on how much he's showcased. Like, Dell was showcased a lot. You know, they had consistent quarterback play, and I think that's one of the big questions going into this year is how consistent are the quarterbacks going to be able to get somebody like Golden the ball?
1: Same question to you, B-Mac. Do you agree or disagree with Doug's take, and why do you disagree?
2: (laughs) On Golden specifically, I think
0: he's got, you know – Second, third round pick potential in the NFL draft. Like, I think he's that good, and his production is definitely going to be there. So, um, I, I like him a lot. Like, he's going to have a, a loaded highlight tape by the end of his career um, in that offense at Houston. So, love, love his potential. Zachariah Branch, I did want to talk about size. He's 5'10, 165. So, he's smaller Ooh. than your prototype NFL wide receiver. So, you're talking Debbie rankings. Um, You know, similar to what we talked about on running backs, if you're not up to the standard size, you've got to be super elite in in other areas of your game. And he's got those attributes, man. In terms of, you saw it too in the spring game, not that it was, not that we're ever going to judge anyone's, uh, how good they are going against USC's defense. But um, you got to love his quick twitch, his uh, just, he's, incredibly uh bursty soon as he catches the ball he's he's up to top speed super quick and uh his top speed is incredibly fast you saw it in the spring game you saw it oh, in the sheesh. the all-star game in the, the high school all-star game
2: he, he made um, some of those guys look like cones in the all-star yeah game. like they were just standing right. there couldn't touch him like he's uh super elite in terms of
0: speed quickness good hands all that stuff and he's gonna be featured and and get some get some early opportunities for sure during the season. So I like him a lot. Um, you think more in the the Tyreek Hill isn't, you know, your prototype size branch is going to be more like that. Or a, a Jalen Waddle would probably be a better player comp for him where he's a little undersized, but like super quick. Um, super I, think, cool. I
1: think one other thing, I think one other thing, a, a small thing to keep in mind Um, when you're talking about guys that are really small like that uh, as a wide receiver, and this is a Debbie discussion, is the change that was just approved in the NFL um, when we're recording this, and we just recorded and approved in the last couple of days that the NFL is now going to the exact same rules as college when it comes to kickoffs to where you can fair catch a ball inside the 25 and it's going to be moved out to the 25 trying to do whatever they can to try and legislate away um, a lot of the big collisions, but it's also going to legislate away the ability to get a lot of uh, big returns on the kickoff game. So right. a lot of these guys that may have had the ability to make a squad that were undersized as a kick returner or a punt returner are going to have a lot less of, a lot less of an ability. so they really are going to have to show even more on the offensive side of the ball to, to be able to make an impact at that, ne- that next level. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at Devi, is that there's going to be a lot less opportunities for those small guys. Tyreek Hill, perfect example. What did Tyreek Hill do earlier in his, uh, in his career? He was an elite, elite kickoff and punt returner, and that's part of what made his name. Now he's doing less and less of that, and he's just blowing by defenses on the offensive side of the ball. But if Tyreek Hill was moving into the NFL right now, he might not even have that opportunity to showcase his skills to be able to become – the weapon that he is on the special team side of the ball.
2: Yeah. I think a huge thing right now in the NFL, and this is just my opinion from being a NFL fan for so long is um, I'm seeing more so too. If you're a really crisp route runner in the NFL, you're going to find ways to get the ball in your hands. So yeah, um, I can see my player comp for, uh, Zachariah Branch without watching him play much would be kind of like a Tyler Lockett kind of guy from Seattle who can beat you over the top but he's got amazing route running ability and he's only 5'10". So I mean shorter receivers <clears throat> that are really great at running routes can make it. I mean
0: yeah another another one and I'll if you look at the data, you can see over the last few years, there has been a shift. Like the player, like the average wide receiver size getting drafted in the first three rounds is uh, shorter and lighter. Um, there's a shift there for speed. So you like that for branch. You think about Isaiah Flowers, who's 5'9, first round draft pick. Right after that, Jordan Addison's a little taller, 5'11, but he's 173. You think of Devonta Smith. Um, like these guys are are lighter and fast um and they're just really good but they're they're doing well um so mm-hmm. far in the NFL and I think that bodes well for a branch like you're not just looking for a Mike Evans right. like a a branch
2: has just as good of an opportunity um so yeah love branch it's it's like you said earlier you know Brian like is he going to get a lot of red zone targets probably not but <laughs> he's got the potential to make a you know, 10 yard slant pass and turn that into a 60 yard touchdown at any moment. So yeah. Worthy is another one in that boat where he is the prototype height
0: at six one. Um, but one sixty three. um, super fast. That's not going to affect his well, draft look at, stock at all. Look like, at Hyatt. He's, Hyatt's
2: a great example. He was super light yeah. and he got drafted and people yeah. are still talking high about him. So he was yeah. taller, but he was, I think in the one seventies. So it ain't a yeah. big deal Worthy- for these
0: people anymore worthy someone who is healthy this year and uh in that offense he might not get you know as many with AD Mitchell coming in and uh <clears throat> uh Doug's boy for, uh, transfer Nayer. from Wyoming Nayer Nayer. getting being healthy like uh maybe Worthy's production isn't as good but I think you'll see his draft stock potentially even and rise up this year. I I like worthy a lot in that texas offense he's going to be uh you know a feature receiver obviously
1: all right so now we're going to move we're going to do five to one here all in one little group um because i know is going to get excited he wants to talk about the top of the list let's <laughs> do it all right so you got a uh, barry and brown from uk uh from kentucky at number five and that's that's a big one right there that's a name that we have never mentioned um, I don't think, I don't think his name has ever come up on a, uh, on any one of our shows until right now. And he's at the top five, um, for wide receiver, Debbie rankings, uh, Becca a name that we mentioned probably every single week last year on the weekly <laughs> rankings yes. from, uh, yeah. from Ohio state at, uh, at number four, uh, Luther burden from Missouri at three Evan Stewart from Texas A&M, uh, at two. And then the other guy that was pr- pretty much mentioned every single week, uh, if we had a nickel for every time his name came out of our mouth, this podcast would pay for itself. Uh, um, Marvin Harrison from Ohio State at number one. So, uh, BMAC, we're going to go to you first. Uh, who do you want to call out in that group five to one? Do you think there's a tier there like in running backs? Um, who are you most excited about? Obviously, Harrison, I would think, would be number one. You'd be most excited <laughs> about him. Well, who do you want to call out in that, that group of five there?
0: If there's a tier, honestly, I think it's Marvin Harrison uh, alone. And then, at and the, then uh, everybody else. Um, but yeah, so Evan Stewart, it was super painful. I love Evan Stewart. I had to trade him, um, in a, in a move to, to get Brees Hall. Cause I needed an NFL running back. Um, oddly enough, cause I had a couple other injured running backs, So I took one coming off an injury, whatever. Uh, I like his future anyways, Brees Hall, but it was painful to trade Evan Stewart. Um, I do see a path for Texas A&M where, the wheels fall off by week five and uh, the Petrino hire doesn't work. Um, that would uh, ultimately probably hurt Evan Stewart, but I think he's talented enough to where he's going to get an elite NFL look first round potential for sure. Him and Burden, egbuka Barry and Brown, Harrison, all, you know, potential and worthy potential first round picks. Agreed.
2: What about
1: you, um, Doug? Who's your who's your who's your your top guy that you're really <laughs> excited about here?
2: So we thought you mentioned on Brown, a guy that wasn't really talked about very much, right? Um, we haven't really mentioned him at all, but you look to a, a game this year, like okay, a game against Georgia, the national champs, where he had ten receptions for 145 yards and a touchdown. The only mm-hmm. score that Kentucky had that game was from him. Um, yep. And and you can compare that to, okay, very minimally because he got hurt. But another receiver that shredded Georgia's secondary that not many people did was Marvin Harrison before he got hurt in that game. So there's really only two receivers you can point to that shred, shredded Georgia's secondary that this year. And one was Barry and Brown, a guy that's never really talked to, and Marvin um. Harrison.
0: And I'll let Matt answer this, but I I feel like they got an upgrade at quarterback uh, from Will Levis to Devin Leary.
1: Yeah, I think that I was going to say that's one of those where, you know, he's going from elite level quarterback to elite level quarterback. It's it's on one hand, you would say it's shocking that Devin Leary is still in the college uh, game right now, but he has dealt with (laughs) so many injuries. Um, He was he was already expected to be in the NFL by this time, but I think it was a smart move for him to come back for another year because he's had so many injury concerns over the last few years um, that he needs to be able to show that he can actually make it a full season. And I think he made a great move to go to Kentucky. And I think that really is going to help uh, Barry Brown right there to be able to uh, have a great, have a great season uh, this mm-hmm. year and hope to be able to get his draft stock up.
2: Yeah. For well, sure. I think there's a lot of focus on, um, you know, Dane key, for example, for Kentucky and what he did in a couple games. And I think, you know, with the addition of the quarterback there and with Barry on Brown, you could have a good one, you know, one, two punch at is for those guys. And I think Barry Brown could benefit and being a lot of one-on-one coverage and it could be a fun offense to watch scary for some sec defenses. But yeah, I think Barry Brown is a guy that needed to be mentioned. And I'm glad that, you know, Brian put him in these rankings because he wasn't on my list until I started watching some tape on him so yep yep
1: all right so that's the end of the wide receiver list we want you to go up to uh to our discord page let us know who you agree with disagree with who you'd move on to the list who you'd move off but we are going to cover tight ends as well like i said you can go to cfbdynasty.com the rankings tab go to debbie you can look at tight ends so tight ends are definitely an interesting uh, interesting play you don't normally see a lot of tight ends getting drafted Um, and actually really succeeding, maybe one or two that might actually do something. This year in the NFL draft, um, it was a little different. This year there were actually 16 tight ends, 16 that got drafted, which is an unprecedented number, and you look at the end of the list that got drafted, you've got guys like Payne Durham from Purdue, Zach Coots from Old Dominion, Josh Wiley from Cincinnati getting drafted you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round, those were guys that you wanted to have on your team in college because they were stat producers. And those guys are getting drafted, you know, not even in the top 10 tight ends into the pros. So a lot of times people would say, oh, tight ends are insignificant. Uh, You might not be able to, to predict them. But when you've got 16 guys getting drafted into a single NFL draft, there's a very good chance that all the guys that are on this Devi list right now are going to make their way onto a draft list, so you need to pay attention because it, sometimes it's tough. It's tough to find a good quality tight end that produces in uh, in college. Tough to find one that produces in the pros, and when you have them, you don't want to be getting rid of of a guy that's going to be a Mark Andrews um, or someone like that that's going to produce because that could be a complete competitive advantage for your team. So, uh, so we're going to go to the the top fifteen list here on the on the page. Um, huh, so sixteen. Well, it's top sixteen, but it's actually going to be a top seventeen because we already talked about Gadsden is uh, is going to be True. on this list. <laughs> so, so B Mac, if um, before we before we start talking names, if uh, if you today if we're going to go in and, and fix this list and get Gadsden onto the list, uh, where do you think you would slot him in this top fifteen, sixteen list uh, right now?
0: Three. three. Okay, that's what I would put. I right, so, put him right up there at number three. I and, think and, and be, I can uh... tell you. Yeah, elite weapon right there and that's yeah, looking um, at the list yeah
1: looking potential. at yeah looking at the list i think that he probably is the one that would be you'd have a you know before we get to the names you would have a a, uh, a a top tier as the number one guy i think your two and three would be another tier and i think everybody else would go after that um but let's yeah. get to the names so you guys can see if you agree or disagree so uh all right so so doug wants us to mention that guy at at, uh, at 16 you got donovan green from texas a&m just missing the top 15. You got Benjamin Urosek from matter, Stanford.
0: Though, it's a top 16. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Benjamin Urosek from Stanford, uh, who just had one of their guys get drafted, a wide receiver that's going to get converted to tight end, drafted into the NFL this year. Um, he's at 15. Gavin Bartholomew from Pitt at 14. Theo Johnson for Penn State at 13. Jake Johnson, Texas A&M at 12. Wait, I
0: don't, I don't, I don't, refresh, refresh. Let's see if
1: it shows up. Let's see if it shows up. I don't don't have. I don't have. Who? What's the refresh? What do you got?
0: Eric Gilbert is at twelve right now, and it's it's only because of draft or because of uh, talent and coming out as a a top five player in college. We've got to see something from him. Uh, I still have him on my roster, painfully. Um, You know, we keep three tight ends in college and uh yikes just giving up a roster spot there sucks but anyways
1: I feel like with him I feel like with Eric Gilbert it was uh you know you feel like if you drop him you dropping him is the signal he's going to go have like a 2,000 yard 35 touchdown (laughs) season and you're going to be you know you know wanting somebody to stab you in the neck at that point so uh, I think that's why you're probably keeping a hold of him
0: Don't you reverse psychology me in front of everyone here. <laughs> I will keep him on my roster anyways. <laughs> uh, he, BMAC, came out of the, since... he came out of the spring like third on the depth chart at Nebraska where he transferred. So,
1: so, you, so BMAC, you moved him down from, from five to 11 or 12 right now?
0: Yes. Yeah, I and mean, he right. might drop more. I, I kind of ex- – I don't know, you know. Is that the coach just – wanting to make him earn it and then ultimately talent's going to win out and he'll start in an NFL style offense in Nebraska um, as a primary weapon for them. Ugh, I don't know. We shall see.
1: All right, Doug, is there anybody you want to call out in that, uh, that initial group?
2: Uh, not really.
1: Well, I will say this. The one thing that's interesting is there's two Texas A&M tight ends on the list. That's pretty uh pretty wild that you got two Texas A&M tight ends. You don't normally see that unless you're Utah, where you've got uh, Dalton Kincaid, you got two guys right. um, that have a chance to to produce. You don't normally see two tight ends on the same college squad that have got pro potential. Um, all right, so let's move into the top ten. You got Michael Trigg from Miss at 10, Jaheem <laughs> Bell FSU at nine, Deuce Robinson. To be determined. USC. So, Deuce USC. Robinson. USC. No, no, no. USC.
2: USC. He's, right,
1: he's at USC now. All right. So, USC at eight. So, he was on the list before he even we even knew what school he was on because it's about pro potential. <laughs> doesn't matter what his college yeah, is. potential right. It's about the pro potential. Oscar and it's, and it's Houston, worth
0: noting, since we were on Deuce for a second there, that Nicholas Harbor at US, at South Carolina – Is probably going to be an edge rusher, but also has tight end potential. If he's a tight end, he's on this list. He's top five on this list.
1: That's wild. That's wild. And then Brant Cuethe from Utah, and that's the guy that he got injured last year that gave Dalton Kincaid the opportunity to be able to become a first-round draft pick in the NFL. That is incredible that before injury, Kincaid wasn't even the starter behind this guy and then Kincaid Mm -hmm. went completely nuts became Mm -hmm. a first round pick so we'll see if uh if uh old Brant here can uh make himself a first round pick as well yep all right BMAC I'm actually going to let you read off the top five on that side because I think you've got the refresh and you've got the up-to-date up to the minute top five list on your side
0: yeah so i'm gonna go down from seven where we have deuce robinson we've got oscar delp at six for georgia brant keithy for utah at number five bryson nesbitt unc at number four mason taylor for lsu at number three jatavian sanders for texas at number two and of course number one Tier on his own best tight end we've seen in quite a while brock bowers from georgia
1: and we already said that uh, that Aronde Gadsden the second would get slotted in there between Sanders and Taylor. Um, yep. So uh, obviously we've we've already talked about these uh, these two different these different guys at the top. Brock Bowers. Let's just go to him. Um, how do you feel about Brock Bowers in comparison to all the big time tight ends? This was probably the best tight end class that we've probably ever seen as a whole go into the NFL draft all at once. Um, what do you guys think about him? If he would have come out this year, do you, where do you think he would have slotted into the NFL draft?
0: He would have been the number one tight end. Yeah, number one tight end, mm-hmm. top ten pick.
1: You think he would have gone gone ahead of Kincaid?
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: easy. One hundred percent. He's even a, I mean, great at catching the ball, and he he can also block. So something that honestly Kincaid hasn't stuff. really shown that he can do. He's right. a he's a pass catching tight end. Brock Bowers is legitimately both. And he runs a
0: four-four, like at his size. Like it's it's the, the perfect tight end.
1: All right, so there you go. That is the wide receiver list for Debbie and the tight end list for let Debbie. Me,
2: let me throw in one quick little snippet right. here. That is
1: almost the wide receiver and tight end <laughs> list, but Doug's got a comment first. Doug, what you got?
2: So they are not on the rankings. Um and maybe Brian will disagree with me here, but two guys I think to keep an eye out for is uh, Luke uh, Lachey. I think his last name is out of Iowa. Mm -hmm. Iowa always produces some good tight ends and also Arkansas's new target with Gums um, could potentially slide into this list as well. Yep. Just, just throwing in two bonus bonus little tidbits (laughs) of information in there for you guys. But I I would keep an eye out for those two names as well. Just uh, throwing that in there for some extra fun stuff.
1: All right, good stuff. So I do have a question for you I want to throw out there that has nothing to do with what we're talking about at all, just talking about news that's come out. (laughs) So we're talking Debbie, Mm -hmm. we're talking pros. So a couple weeks ago, the NFL said we are going to, a part of our collective bargaining agreement, We're going to be able to start flexing Monday night games. So previously, you could flex and move up and down the schedule where you could have a one o'clock Sunday game that might get flexed to the Sunday night game. Now, the NFL says they're going to flex Monday night games as well. So a game could get moved from Sunday to Monday. This week, the insane, ridiculous, absurd comment that they now say that in the last five weeks of the season, with 28 days' notice, They could flex a game from Sunday to Thursday. What do you guys think about the fact that they could flex games? You could have a team that is preparing for a Sunday game and then a following Sunday week game to find out, hey, that game that we were going to play around Christmas is now going to be a Sunday to Thursday game. You could probably tell my opinion on that, that that is absolutely absurd in my opinion, Doug BMAC. What do uh, you think about that?
2: I don't like it at all. Um, I don't think it gives t- teams time to prepare properly. I mean, it, it's – I don't know. It's To me, I just don't like it.
0: Also, from a fan standpoint, as someone who's like shopping around for uh, do I travel out to Salt Lake City for the week one Florida at Utah game um, – that sucks if, if you're planning around a Monday night football game and then it gets moved. Cause you know, you're playing it, you're buying everything ahead of time, playing tickets, planning out where you're going to eat that kind of stuff really sucks from a, a fan standpoint too. Yep.
1: Yeah. I think, I think, uh, you know, we talk about these guys moving from college to the pros and it's like, um, you know, the NFL wants to get people. I don't think college has a problem with getting people into the stands in the NFL. Uh, They wonder why people don't want to pay the insane rates to go to these pro games. And that to me, like you said, BMAC is just going to force people to be like, you know what, why would I want to go and buy a ticket to a weekend game that they're now going to throw in the middle of the week? Um, I'm just going to sit at home with my, my five big screens and my laptops and follow my fantasy games and and watch it there. To me, that's just nuts. It's just nuts to be Mm -hmm. flexing a Thursday game, no matter how much advanced morning you have.
0: (laughs) Yep, exactly. Exactly. And then you wonder too, ah, no, I'm not even going to get into it. Save this for another time, but I will All say right, Doug good. and I, Doug and I have round two coming up Monday of our, of our bet here. We've got our, our match, uh, one V one, uh, golf challenge where we've got a four, we've got four rounds. I'm on one different. 0 and one. <laughs> 0 and one. Yeah. We've got four different, uh, things on the line for our trip to Gators at South Carolina. Um, stadium I haven't been to, and I can't wait to go to uh, to Williams Bryce and check it out there. Um, All
1: right, so you so you, so four different things. So so what? Who won the first one, and what was the thing so, that was won?
2: So Brian won the first one, um, and so which means I have to buy the tickets for the game. Oh um, snap! This next one we haven't really determined yet, but the four rounds are going to consist of. I believe it's probably hotel. Yeah. Then I think so. round three would probably be gas to get there. And round four would be food while we're there. So here's the potential here, guys and gals that are listening to this, <laughs> that has me stressed out and on the edge of my seat to where I might run Brian over with the golf cart after hole one on Monday. <laughs> but I have the potential here to lose all four rounds, which would mean the Brian is my boss, so I should get a raise um, so I can afford <laughs> to, to – pay for all four whoopsies that i decided to do because we all know matt you know this being a lifelong friend of brian anytime you bet this man in something somehow he he kicks it into like gear six he's always right around gear four gear five but he kicks it into gear six and it's like okay what the devil i've played golf with you before where did this come from so, yeah.
1: And, and BMAC is the ultimate pool shark too because when, uh, back in the day we'd go out and play basketball and BMAC <laughs> would be like, he'd be like, man, I haven't picked up a basketball in like six months. I don't feel like I'm – I'm not going to do very good. And then he becomes That's like Jimmy Buckets right on – he becomes <laughs> like Jimmy Buckets on the court and he is making like – he would he would legitimately make shots that would piss people off on the court because you're like, how in the heck did that ball that was just launched go in the opposite direction from the hoop? Spin, hit the backboard, and come back towards the hoop and go in. And you're just like, so I could f- I feel for you, Doug. I feel for you. You're, you're learning. The BMAC is the ultimate pool shark. He's pool sharking you. He's going to win all four of those things. If you win one, take it as a W.
2: He baited me into this because I <laughs> no want a way. putter from him one time in a golf and, round. A pl- <laughs> 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 and Will
0: Mallory and, and Will Mallory, Mallory. I lost. So,
2: so I win a putter and will Mallory. And now Brian's like, I got an idea. We're going to make Doug pay for four things, and he's going to (laughs) agree to this because he just beat (laughs) me in a round. So it's going to be, it's going to be great. I think overall, I'm probably one for 25 ish when Brian and I have played golf. Uh, All
1: right. So, so, so hold on for a second. Hold on for a gosh darn second Uh, here. So, as the guy that's all about the rules in, in, (laughs) Fantasy football? Are you saying that BMAC made a trade outside? Of-
0: <laughs>
2: <you>? <laughs> ah, plead the fifth. Oh, so goodness. no, Matt.
0: Listen, we had two versions of the trade. We had okay. Two versions okay. of the trade. So it was. It he was didn't basically get a pick for me. We yeah, it was basically we agree to a trade, and then if he beats me, he gets a round upgraded.
1: Basically, okay, okay. MVP. I could I can so I can run like with that. A, I can run with that. All right. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just
2: like a boom, so, uh, here you go, take a player type of thing. It was a, <laughs> it was no. If, also, if you win this round, you get a better draft pick. Or hey, if I win this I round, always, I
1: don't. Always gotta keep my eye on B Mac, man. We know if there's gonna be a trade that's gonna have a little bit of shenanigans attached to it, it's gonna be a B Mac <laughs> off-season trade or something <laughs> like that. So uh so gotta make sure. So Doug just added you over there, man. Doug, so I think that raise. You were trying to get just as now off the board. It's gone because,
2: Never because you raped. just completely out Guys, if you're listening, <laughs> I need a new job. I need a new job at this point.
0: <laughs> so, so, also, so, in the last two podcasts, say, real quick, real quick, Matt. So, just for clarity here, I've oh played, I don't know, forty plus rounds with Doug, and we are within a point of our like literal USGA handicap score that are yeah. that the app that we're on. So, like, we're like super even in terms of golf. Unless I've been faking it for the forty rounds or whatever, which <laughs> uh, so,
1: so in the last two shows and the last two shows, Doug has already gotten beat up by his sister. Boom, and he's gotten a raise and lost his raise within a podcast, potentially and fired, probably potentially fired. fired. So, uh, man, I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> next week. That's crazy.
2: So right, you so guys might you... not see me at all. I might oh, crazy. I might get beat up and fired, and then I'm just going to go bury myself yeah. under a rock or something. so I so next
1: know. podcast doug might be wearing those big sunglasses to cover up his black eye and he's going to be he's <laughs> going to be logging in from behind a dumpster um <laughs> yeah.
0: all right so we know you guys are going to be up we need on that Monday. scotch edition though the scotch edition oh, could be a special show that could be <laughs> so special. special the next two Jamal.
1: weekends the next two weekends you want to see me you can go to leesburg to lake square mall lake Collecticon. i'll be there on june 4th as a guest of that show but if you're in the Ocala area, you do not want to miss Spookala. That's going to be at the World Equestrian Center um, June 9th, 10th, and 11th. They've got some, uh, some great guests up there. Ray Wilson from The Office, Dwight Schrute. Seth Green is going to be there. Ron nice. Perlman is going to be there. Ton of guys, ton of, ton of uh, actors and actresses from a lot of horror movies that you may know and love. Uh, you're going to have Wage War from Ocala is going to be uh, doing an acoustic set. Jeff Hardy, uh, a wrestler from WWE and AEW fame, is going to be there. And Mick Foley, mankind, Mick Foley. Um, mankind, Dude Love, Cactus Jack, uh, children's book author. He's also a stand-up comedian. He's going to be doing a stand-up comedy set on that Friday night. So uh, you want to make sure you definitely get yourself out of Spook Hall. I'll be there. Um, it's going to be a great time. So, uh, so yeah, so while Doug is out there getting pool shark by BMAC, I'm going to be out there running out some Comic-Con <laughs> and we'll have some fun.
2: We will have an update. <laughs> and I, the, in a perfect world, Brian and I split split the series and go two and two in a perfect world, but we'll see what happens.
1: I think the yep. only way that happens is if it happens just like with the Miami Heat where they decided to let Boston win wow. one of these games in the series. Wow. So if BMAC decides to let you win one so that way uh, you know, he wow. can he can feel like he didn't just completely shark you, I think that might be what happens.
2: Man, the confidence level that Matt has in me is just – <laughs> It's just <random>. realism. <laughs> it's, it's not
1: confidence in you, Matt. It's like, you know, BMAC is just going to find a way to raise the game or he's going to find a way to change the rules. In the I middle will tell you this.
2: It's going to come down to putting between Brian and I, and it always does. It always comes down to who's better on the greens. So we'll see what happens. Yeah.
1: All right. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. BMAC, what is the next show that we have coming up? I know we just went through all of our preseason rankings, all of our W (laughs) rankings. I don't don't even know what the heck the next show is we're going to (laughs) have. I don't know.
2: it's going to be a surprise for us too, guys. It's, you know what? That's not, you know no, what? Next we've, is be the next we've show is a surprise. Out. I just don't have it in front of me.
1: Yeah, I don't have it in front of me either. That's why I asked you. I thought you might have it.
2: We will figure out what the next show is going to be Wednesday at approximately 9.45 in the morning.
1: That's right. You guys are, not, you guys are going to find phone. it when you find out and not no, a second all right.
2: sooner. So, oh, okay. It's a live
0: mock draft next show. So that'll be a fun one. Um, and then we've got the post spring rankings update, which I'm, I'm glad we have that after the mock draft. Put some pressure on us to uh, get those all knocked out. Um, Live mock draft so, yeah, is going to be
1: interesting. Going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, that'll be a fun one.
1: All right. Hopefully, in the next uh, few weeks, Fantrax decides to uh, clear out everybody that's not a uh, not 2023 eligible. There's no way to go up there and really. Uh, make your draft boards right now because they still have everybody from 2022 still up there in their player pool. Um So fan tracks, if you're watching this thing and if you're not, you better be. <laughs> we hope you guys will uh, get that list cleaned up so people can start putting their draft boards together. You know, BMAC is right. wanting to put his 2023 draft board together since uh February 1st. And I uh, can't really do it until we
0: get knocked out of the playoffs. I'm ready. <laughs>
1: all right guys that has been wide receivers and tight ends and a bunch of other fun stuff we talked about today on behalf of BMac and for his final show ever uh, in the state that he's in right now just kidding uh doug gravely my name is matt knowles hope you guys have had fun we've had fun as well this is the cfb dynasty.com podcast see ya
2: see you guys